the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in the series called A Church for Real Life, which defines who River City Community Church is and what we do. We know that when the focus shifts to religion, tradition, being progressive, or anything else, we have lost the purpose that God has intended for His church. So what role does community and connections play within a biblically healthy church? Pastor Sean says, let's see what the Word says about community and relationships. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. By this we know love. Okay, so he's saying, love your brothers, and here's how you know what love is. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our life for our brothers. But if anyone has the world's good and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. That's what it means to love one another. I mean, he's he's serious. He's like, you want to know what it means to love one another? Love your brothers and sisters? Um, Jesus laid down his life for us. And we all know that because we know the cross. That's why we're able to be here. He paid the penalty for our sins. He laid down his life for us. And he said, yeah, that's what love looks like. So do that with one another. Lay down your life for one another. He says, yeah, love is if you've got resources and one of your brothers or sisters is in need and you can help them, do it. Because if you don't and you just let your brother or sister suffer, how can the love of God be in you? So he's getting real rubber meets the road kind of practice here. I like to use the definition for love of an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. An unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. Unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. That's what love means. And that's what we mean when we talk about connect. See, when we talk about connect in the body of Christ, love unconditionally a body of people full of imperfect people and you know guys this is the thing people go and they leave churches mad all that and someone said this someone did this i'm gonna take my i'm gonna leave you know they do the you've you've seen it you've experienced that here's the thing man there is no perfect church and i've told you before if you ever find a perfect church don't go there because you'll screw it up you will because you're not perfect neither am i Seriously, I mean, I, I wish there was a way, maybe, that I could, like, um, offend all of you in the first week that you're here, okay? You know, you're like, well, you're doing good. You're on, on track. No, I mean, I mean, seriously, because people come into a new church, they, 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 it's different than their old church, and they love the music. They come to the river and say, oh, we love the music. Maybe they like my message or one of the other pastors' message. Oh, the message was good. I, we found the perfect church. No, you haven't. You found a church full of regular people, imperfect people who've chosen to commit to God and to one another. And somebody is going to offend you. That's why I say, if I could just get it over in the first week, it'd be great. And we could get on with really doing life together. Somebody's going to say something stupid to you. 
And you're going to get all offended. Well, they're going to say, ah, some small group leader is going to say something. How dare you? I do not. You're going to want to be out. And here's the part. And I want to burst these bubbles really gently here. Um, you're going to say something stupid to someone else. Okay? That's going to happen. Because you're just a regular person who, on given day, someone catches you in the wrong way, and you're going to say something stupid or careless or something, and it's going to hurt their feelings. Love is an unconditional commitment to imperfect people, and that's what we're talking about when we say connect. In the body of Christ, we recognize God's fellowship for, for us, and we plant and say, I'm going to connect, I'm going to commit to these people. But they're not perfect. I know, neither am I, so it's a good fit. And we do it. And we let God's grace lead us. That's what I'm talking about when I say connect. Now, a couple points, four points real quickly that are very important to this idea of connection. Number one, every one of us longs for the love of family. This is what's so important about it. This is what really makes it work. Every one of us longs for the love of family. Romans 12.10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. We long for a family, a true family. Now, i got to be careful with that word because some of us, Right now, when I'm talking about that, and I'm saying the word family, you're like, <coughs> I've already got a family. I got family enough that, but I got family up to here. And, and for some people, it's even more serious. They can't even laugh about that. Because it's like, no, I've already got a family. And I've been so hurt, I've been rejected, I've been beat up and bruised by family. So I don't need any more family, pastor. I got plenty of family And I just want to say I'm sorry for that. Because it's true, the family has been in trouble and it is broken. So when you throw that phrase around, not everybody comes with a healthy understanding. But let me say, okay? Let me just say, you might be sitting there and when I said that statement, every one of us longs for the love of family. You might go, well, he's wrong there. That preacher's not perfect. I'll give you that. I'll I'll give you. Granted, you don't want more of that kind of family. But I do believe you have a hunger for real Family, the kind of family that loves one another with brotherly affection, that outdoes one another in showing honor. See, family is a place to belong. It is a place to belong, and people have almost lost that idea because families are in trouble. Families are hurting and broken. But the body of Christ is supposed to be a real family to one another, a place where you belong. Okay? You belong. You're part of us. You're one of us. You have our name. So when you come in, you're not a stranger, you're not a guest, this is your home. It's real. You belong here. A place where we say, we've got your back, we're on your side. We've got your back, we're on your side. Doesn't mean we never speak difficult truth to one another, but it's always because we're on your side, and we love each other, and we care for each other. And we've got your back, we protect each other. In my family, I've got... Two sisters, two brothers. <clears throat> and I remember my brothers and I, we would fight. We would fight hard. Uh, in fact, Lori, my wife, um, before we were even dating, she was, she was a, you know, our, we were, our families were friends. So she was, I think, in high school, you know. Uh, but she was over at our house. And my brother and I got to a fight. And was, I mean, like, real fight. It was good. Mm. You know. And we, th- we were throwing down. Okay, pounding on each other. And she's like hyperventilating, going into a coma over there. She'd never seen anything like She has one sister and one brother, so she never, you know, she never got really good, you know. And she's talking to me about it later. She's like, you, you guys, you, you were punching each other, and you were punching him. I'm like, how do you think I'm going to win the fight? I mean, come on. <laughs> the 
that's, duh, that's a fight. And it was true, we would fight. But let someone else talk bad about my brother, or let someone talk bad about me, or try to come up against my, me when my brother's around. And it's like, okay, you, you thought you had one of us, but, you know, we attack, like, we, we attack in a pack. We're like wolves, you know, that way. It was just a simple thing of, hey, we can fight all we want, but you're not going to mess with my brother. And, and the idea is, I had his back even when I knew he was wrong. And I would sit, tell him, okay, you're wrong, okay? But I'm still not going to let someone else hurt him or attack him, okay? I'm going to protect him. And, and then I'm going to tell him, you're an idiot, right? You know that, right? Because I love him and I care about him, but, but that's how it works. We've still got each other's backs. We're honest with each other. We want each other to grow and mature, become like Christ, but we protect each other. That's family. Family is where you don't have to earn your way in. Family is where you don't have to earn your way in. It's your birthright. It's your birthright. And we know about that, right? That's the way family is. There are going to be people who are going to be at your house on Thanksgiving, and you're like, I, you know, they got to be here because they're family, but wow, they are nuts. And just know, folks, Thanksgiving's coming. They're going to be there. And, you know, eventually you get to the place where you just kind of laugh about it. You actually get yourself some popcorn and just watch the show. And it's like, it's entertaining if really, if it weren't so horrible. But it's like, it's not that they can't, they're not going to be there because they're family. They're not there because of their merit, because they earn their way. And just like we're not here because of our merit. See, that's the beauty of this family. When someone's not, when someone's not perfect, it's like, well, we all get it because we're all here on a ticket paid for by someone else. We're not here because we earned it. We're here because of Jesus. And so we get it. And that's what a family does. And here's the thing. We all long for it. We all long for that type of thing. And that's why the church is such a gift when it operates like a family. One of your most important decisions on the journey to real life is the decision to connect with God's people. Second thing, your closest associations will either build or tear down your faith. Your closest associations will either build up or tear down your faith. And that's just true. The people in your circle, and I'm talking about those closer, those people who are close to you, okay, will either call out the godliness in you or they will call out the flesh in you. Who you associate will determine which part of your nature gets encouraged and supported. We all have spirit, we all have flesh. Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul said it, remember? He said, the very thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this nature? What that means is we are, as followers of Jesus Christ, we become filled with his spirit. But there's this flesh of ours that that we're told we need to crucify. And it is with us as long as we're on this side of eternity. And so we've got that. And, and who we associate with will either call out and support one of those in us. Think about that. Close relationships are never neutral. I remember there were friends of mine that my mom just didn't like. And she'd say, because they're affecting you. No, they're not. They're not affecting me. <laughs> you know, Mom, I'm a leader. I'm a maverick among men, you know. And she'd be like, yeah, well, and she'd just, you say this. You say this when you're around them. You say this around them. That, that's not you. That's them. And she was right. Because close relationships are never neutral. We influence one another. We just do. We influence our thinking. We influence our behavior. We depend on one another. I'm talking close, yoked-type relationships. 
And here's the thing. When you think about that, when you think about it, I'm close to someone. And my values, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Either they're going to encourage that. And Jesus wants me to walk this way. But they're like, no, I'm going to walk that way because I'm not a follower of Jesus Christ. This is where that marriage thing is such a big deal. You know, that's why it, it really matters. Because it's all fun, fun and games on the honeymoon, right? Honeymoon's always fun. It's great. Everybody's got the same agenda on the honeymoon. It's all good, right? You go, you have fun, you're spending other people's money. It's a great time. Love it. But then you come home and you've got to start living, doing life together. And you're either going to be together or you're not. And you're, it's like, we've got to make financial decisions. Well, the Bible says we should. I don't care what the Bible says. I'm going to go this way. We've got to start making decisions about raising our kids. Well, the Bible says we should. I, I don't believe the Bible. We don't want to go this way. And you've got this tug of war. Well, that happens in close associations, friendships. People will either support what God's saying in you or they will question and undermine what God's saying in you. And that's a big deal. That's why it's so important to be connected in the community of godly believers. Amos 3.3 says, do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so? 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. We get involved in these values tug of wars when we're not supported. Some of you are in some relationships right now as you're listening to this that you know you probably need to lovingly disconnect or you need to set some boundaries. You need to redefine that relationship because you realize they undermine and question what God's saying in my life. They don't support it and encourage it. Our closest associates will either build up or tear down our faith. That's why the body of Christ matters. One of your most important decisions on the journey to real life is the decision to connect with God's people. And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called The New Community which, by the way, is available right now on the sermon page in the series called A Church for Real Life at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And now the conclusion to the message, The New Community. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. See, the church is God's community to encourage his people. Number three, the church is God's community to encourage his people, and we desperately need it. We live in a world that does not embrace our values. We live in a world that speaks against our values, that ridicules our values, and we desperately need people around us to encourage us in what God has created us to be. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing 
near. You see, there's something that happens when we gather. What we did at the beginning of the service, when we all um, just worshiped together, we sang and we exalted the Lord. Do you know how important that is? To just have a whole room full of people who say, God is on the throne and he's good. God is real. He's in charge. He really is. They, they remind us that this stuff that we're dealing with out there isn't going to have the last word. God is on the throne. You know, like this election. Almost passed out in the first service when I talked about it. It's because it's, it's like I, I start thinking about it. I have to be careful because I'm going to get depressed. Until I remember, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, the day after the election, um, God's still going to be on the throne. You know? And, and the outcome of this election does not determine God's bigger purpose and what he's going to do. And we've seen nations in way worse situation than us, and we've seen God do amazing things. So I'm just saying... Um, There's something about coming together and reminding each other of his presence. Reminding each other of those things that we know to be true. There's something about coming together in different situations here and in our groups to remind each other of what God's word says. We declare the word to one another. And we learn the truth and we're reminded of the truth and we're encouraged in that. We get together and we encourage each other in our obedience to what Jesus called the narrow way. And everything we do here, we want to encourage people to listen for God's voice and do what he says. And we want to encourage that obedience because that's where the power of God is, in obedience. He, his power is released when we listen for his voice and we follow him in obedience. And so everything we do is to realize that end. And so this is critical. You need this to be a follower of Christ. Most people say, oh, I don't need the church. I, you know, God's omnipresent. I can be close to God anywhere. You know, I, I, don't, need, I don't need those people. Yeah, well, um, the word of God, Jesus Christ, uh, the Holy Spirit, they all disagree with you. They say, you desperately need that. So you need a group of people who will speak the truth and love to you. Who will speak the truth and love because they love you and are committed to you. That's why we go way beyond what we do here on weekends. And this is great. This is a good start. But this is not the extension. This is not the, the, the final kind of realization of connection at River City. We have community groups. We have people in community groups that all, all over this city, all over the region, where they get together, they pray together, they encourage each other in their faith. I want to encourage you to be in a community group. Next time you see GroupLink advertised, GroupLink is our event that helps people connect in community groups. I want to encourage you, get in a community group. It's amazing help to your faith. There's a ministry that runs all year long called River City University. I want to encourage you, check it out. We have Bible classes, we have men's studies, women's studies, we have support and recovery groups, we have marriage enrichment events, we have all kinds of things through River City University to help you grow. And you'll be with other people who are wanting to grow and following Jesus just like you. Those are critical. I want to encourage you, get connected. Get in a group. There is no reason not to. Today, you can sign up and you can just show up at some of these River City University events. And then when Group Link comes around, I want to encourage you to get in a community group. Guys, it's not a game. I really believe one of the most important decisions on the journey to real life is the decision to connect with God's people. Last thing, I'll close with this. And this is so important. I want you to hang on with me. I want you to hear this. The church is God's community to illustrate his love to the world. The church is God's community to illustrate his love to the world. The world. John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus is speaking. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love 
for one another. This is how people are supposed to know that we're Jesus people. Because of the way we love each other. I, mean, I love to envision people talking about the church. You go to church? Well, I don't go to church. I don't know. Well, but do you know anything about it? Well, they're those crazy people who love each other. You know, I don't know anything about their theology or anything, but, but they just love each other. They take care of each other. They guide each other's back. It saddens me to think that that's actually not the way a lot of people look at us in the church. But you know what? The big question is, is that the way they look at us in this church? Is that the way they look at us? Are we those people who just love each other? Because Jesus said, this is how they'll know you're my disciples. That you love one another. And we, in that, he's telling us we are supposed to be a model to a broken and screwed up world. We are supposed to be a model of what God intends for it to be. This is what it's supposed to look like. In a world that is torn, choosing sides, divided, hateful, and broken. We're supposed to be this shining example. Jesus used the phrase, a city on a hill. We're supposed to be this shining example of what community can be like when people love Jesus and love each other in his name. And it's supposed to be without division. Let me tell you something. We live in a world that is crazy divided. I'm, I'm telling you, in every way, it is in the last 10 years, it has like gone berserk. 10 years ago, I thought things were actually getting better. You know, I mean, I know racism still existed, but I really felt like I saw a generation of young people who really, you, when you looked at them, they were becoming colorblind. They were really, race was becoming a non-issue to that generation of young people. And that was, it was so encouraging. It was like, you know, we really as a nation even are seeing some real progress. It felt like that. There were news stories on how this is the least racist generation. That was the statement 10 years ago. It, the least racist generation, maybe in the history at least in the United States, maybe the world. And there was a sense of encouraging possibilities. And today, it feels worse than it's ever been. I wonder what God thinks as he looks at people who hate each other, beat on each other, divide over things like race. He's like, seriously, you're dividing over the color of skin I gave you? Black, white, brown, you do realize you're all really shades of brown. You know, you're all really shades of brown. You all look way more alike. Okay, if it's not skin color today, what are you going to do tomorrow? Is it going to be hair color? The redhead's going to rise up. I mean, think about it. You know, what's it going to be? Because understand something. All it is, this is not about race. Racial division is not about race. Do not let anyone tell you about it. Is. It is not. It is about sin in the human heart. It is about pride. Pride says, I want to make myself better than someone else. I rise up and I want to put someone else down. That's what pride is about. Pride is the core of the sin nature. It's fundamentally, I'm going to raise up and I'm going to look for a dividing line to where I can make myself better than them. Race is one that people have chosen. Economics. People can use economics. I make more money, so I'm better. Or I make less money, so I'm more pure and I'm better. Doesn't matter. All kinds of things. I mean, you know, where is it going to stop with this, this thing of, of trying to exalt myself and push other people down? Because that's fundamentally the sin that we're talking about. And it's everywhere. And we're going to have the, the tallies and the shorties, tall people, short people kind of squaring off. You know, kind of dividing over. You know, we're better. No, we're better. Come on, West Side Story. You know, it's like this weird thing. I mean, that's what we're talking about. It's these arbitrary lines that we make up. 
And it's the sin nature that says, I want to exalt myself and I want to push others down. That's fundamentally what it is. And we as the church are supposed to be the place that just shows the world that it's possible to throw all that crap away and love Jesus and love other people because we're all created in his image. Even the short people and tall people. We're supposed to be that city on a hill. And so in a world where it saddens me because, you know, some of the biggest, harshest critics of the church are actually, quote, Christians who maybe had a hurtful experience and now they spend all their time on social media or wherever just ripping on the church. That is so misguided. I'm not talking about healthy self-policing or healthy speaking the truth in love to your family. That's, um, that's good. That's a good thing. But by the way, you don't do that on social media. You know, if I want to speak the truth to my family member or a corrective word, I don't drag them out in public and start screaming at them. I go to them in private and I deal with it and we wrestle with it and I, I try to hopefully help. So that's not speaking the truth in love. That is just somehow, I, I don't even know, and I don't even want to get into all the motives of that. I'm just saying, if you're listening to people or maybe you're one of them saying the church is unnecessary, the church is irrelevant, you are dead wrong. The church is God's. He put all his eggs in this basket. The church and our mission is the hope for the whole world. We're the one hope for the whole world. That's what Jesus put it here in in the church. And we're supposed to be that shining example of what's possible when people will love God first and love one another. One of the most important decisions on the journey to real life is the decision to connect with God's people. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message called The New Community or this whole series, it's available right now on demand when you find the sermon series on A Church for Real Life at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note that this program blessed you, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.